Hey there everyone, welcome aboard to the One Touch Talks. This is your host Mayuresh Matkar. So today we will be talking about the Champions League draw which happened yesterday. We've got the eight games which will be taking place around in February. But today we will be starting off with La Liga in Madrid as we had the Madrid derby between Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid where Carlo Ancelotti's men thrashed Atletico Madrid by two goals to nil. So going into this weekend, the runner form of Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid were kind of different but you know you can actually make some uh, real good cases for each one of those uh, Real Madrid on one hand were very very confident about their chances of winning this game and that was because of their brilliant victory away at Real Sociedad and then that uh, game which followed up that Real Sociedad game which was in the Champions League against Inter Milan again a very very good opposition they I won't say they beat Inter Milan convincingly because I didn't think that uh, Inter Milan did, did deserve to lose. I actually think that a draw would have been a fair result. They actually didn't outplay them. But again, you, you look at all the games that Real Madrid have played this, uh, this season. They haven't really been able to outplay anyone. Uh, again, you, you will have the odd exception of Shakhtar Donetsk and all those games. But yeah, they haven't really been uh, outplaying anyone off the park as of now, but if you look at uh, their recent run of form, they have been really, really good. You know, the game against Real Sociedad had been a very good testimonial of that because uh, in that game, you see Karim Benzema uh, is being subbed off at at 17 minutes, and then you see uh, Luka Jovic come in then, and he's more than capable of filling up his boots. I, 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 re- I was really happy for Luka Jovic, you know, in, in the end as well, Carlo Ancelotti saying that uh, he wants his players to feel that they have wanted at the club. And again, that, that's a sense of camaraderie that comes up with it. The leaders like Luka Modric and Tony Kroos coming. And uh, and again, you know, they, they, they're coming and they, they're saying that we, we always tell uh, people like Luka Jovic, people like Rodrigo, that you will get your chance. You will get your chance to play consistently for Real Madrid. And when you get that chance, you need to make most of it. And I think that's what uh, Luka Jovic has done. It's only his... Uh, I, I guess the goal against Real Sociedad was only his second goal. Uh, but again, the build-up to this game, again, he played against Inter Milan uh, in the midweek. And he, he was he was very, very good. You know, he was not particularly... Uh, made of the the Benzema thread, but he 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 was he was really good. He was making positive decisions on the field, and that's what I got to see from him. And on the other hand, if you look at uh, what happens with uh, Atletico Madrid, you look at that game against Mallorca uh, in the build-up to this uh, to this Madrid derby. Yeah, you look at how they lost that lead, and in the end, uh, they capitulated on a on a goal in the very dying seconds of the game. And again, ironically, it was Takefusa Kubo, who is a talent which was scouted by Real Madrid and actually is a Real Madrid player on loan to Mallorca. Uh, again, you know, you don't actually expect Atletico Madrid to go out there and lose to Mallorca. Mallorca, very, very uh, decent opposition, but not quite the team which will or should trouble, actually, Diego Simeone's men. But again, you know, you have to say that uh, they didn't deserve to win against Porto as well. It was kind of a very, very devilish performance, should I say. We actually uh, covered that on our podcast as well. So I'm, I'm not really happy with the way Atletico Madrid are playing. We will be talking about the draw as well in 
just a few moments. But, you know, to complete on this game, I, I really thought that uh, Real Madrid could have done a bit better. You know, Real Madrid were not particularly, uh, not particularly having the ball. And that's been the theme of what this team is is built upon you know Carlo Ancelotti is not someone who is going to impose things on uh, on on people like Luka Modric or Toni Kroos I mean they actually know a bit better or should I say they they know better to actually be coached by someone you know even if it's Carlo Ancelotti and even if it's some some guy who's won everything that there is to win in uh, in European football uh, but again I think uh, the way this game was set up, you know, you had a team like Real Madrid who allows team to pre teams to come and press uh, the life out of them. But, you know, in some of the other ways, there was a caveat with Atletico Madrid in there who weren't actually going to have the ball. So forget pressing, they, they weren't going to have the ball at all. Uh, Atletico Madrid, they again set up in a very, uh, should I say, congested way because it was a back four with Hermoso. Uh, and Felipe, I, I really think if you don't have someone who could play in the boots of Stefan Savage or Jose Maria Jimenez, you, you should actually put Mario Hermoso in that pairing with Felipe. I mean, it could have looked decent. You know, Geoffrey Kondobia is uh, he, he, he's, he's a decent he's a decent footballer, but he's not someone who you should actually fill up on with. Uh, uh, with, with, with confidence in a game of this caliber, of this magnitude and a game which can actually decide your title and that's what I think Diego Simeone was, uh, was, was, a, was a bit naive to understand I thought Renan Lodi could have been a very good option to play a left back uh, Marcus Llorente I, I, I'm, I'm feeling a bit catched up on this one because Marcus Llorente last season was uh, one of the best players in Spain, I think he was the only guy alongside Lionel Messi to have uh, 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 double digits of uh, goals and assists. You know, so and and he obtained all that while playing in a very different position that he's playing right now. I mean, yeah, he can play right back, but it's not particularly a position that that gives you the maximum output from Marcus Llorente. I can, again, I, I I really think that it was Trippier and Marcus Llorente from that right hand side which actually. Caused a lot of problems to the opposition team. A lot of occasions we see Marcus Llorente, we, we actually saw Marcus Llorente and uh, Kieran Trippier linking very well. And for, for me, I think that was one of the main factors into where Atletico Madrid were being comfortable in winning games last season. Uh, if you look at uh, the, the other factors, you know, there was, uh, there was Luis Suarez involved in, there, there was uh, the very... Uh, gritty defense and of course there is Jan Oblak so uh, pick whatever you can but I think one of the things that has really been uh, itching me for a long time is the uh, utilization of uh, Marcos Llorente on that right hand side I, I really don't get it uh, if I'm Atletico Madrid uh, again uh, with uh, the, the midfield I'm really not convinced with Rodrigo de Paul. I, I know he's a very good midfielder but he's not the kind of guy who's going to do the dirty work for you. I, I saw a lot of games of Udinese uh, in, in Serie A last season where he was the main guy in in the team. And he, he had sort of uh, the liberation to do whatever he, he could. And that's something which is not actually given to him at Atletico. And understandably so, you know, when you move from a smaller club to a bigger club, you you, you don't you don't actually have all the... 
all, all the license to do whatever you whatever you have you know you you need to look up to people who are actually seniors who, who are actually your who, who are actually people who will take a lot of mantle of the club and that is someone like Griezmann that someone like a Koke maybe Jean Felix could have been that guy but he again uh, Rodrigo de Paul is actually he, he I I see him as a similar case to Joao Felix, you know, Joao Felix is a guy who is a right man at the wrong club. You know, it's it's something like that. So, I, I I'm really I'm really gutted to see the the likes of uh, uh, the likes of Rodrigo de Paul and Joao Felix being used in the setup. But enough of that setup. We look at the game, and it's. It, it it was it was not something it was not a game where I thought that Atletico Madrid played very badly, but I just thought that they started off very slowly, and that's where Real Madrid you they, they get they get control of the game. You know, you look at Carlo Ancelotti and say you know he he says that uh, he was asked the question in the end by a reporter and he said that yeah you, I'm I'm not that worried because these players don't uh, don't give me the reason to be worried and. I think that's a very honest assessment from uh, Carlo Ancelotti because uh, whenever you look at Real Madrid, you know that there there isn't something that there, there isn't actually a required input to be given to those players on the pitch. I mean, the players have got so much experience that it does come to them very naturally. Uh, again, you know, the team is built upon a very strong base at the back with Thibaut Courtois being so so good. Uh, I think he's been very, very good in the last two years. Uh, I think it's since that game against PSG in 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 Madrid where he made those awful errors, and after that, I think he hasn't looked back. He, I, I, I should be saying after the lockdown, to be precise, because after the lockdown, he has been really, really good for Real Madrid, and it's hardly been a year and a half, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself. But again, you know, you have to. Again, you have to say that the defense has been really good. I'm really surprised the way Ezra Militao is playing. Ezra Militao is someone who I have really criticized. I don't, I didn't actually think for once that he was, uh, uh, no, never mind an upgrade, but was a very good defender to actually fill uh, in at center back for a club like Real Madrid. And he's done really well. You know, you, he, he's a guy who was. Uh, who 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 was actually putting up a horror show defensively whenever he was given chance while Ramos and Varane were still at the club. Now he's playing regularly. He seems to have gained that confidence, which allows him to make vi- very wise decisions. I know there is some kind of an input uh, to him given by to, to him given by Carlo Ancelotti, and that's the reason why he's been so good. But again, you you need to say that he he has been. One of the reasons why Real Madrid are playing well, him and Alaba, you know, Alaba and Militao have been one of the top five defensive partnerships for me in across Europe. I mean, I I guess, you know, you can actually put them alongside the likes of Diaz and Stones, Van Dijk and Matip slash Konate. I mean, Matip and Van Dijk have been really good this season. Uh, you can also put them alongside, you know, that trio of Bastoni, uh, De Vrij and Skriniar. I think on these are some of the uh, defensive lines that I really think that have played well this season. And I think Alaba and Militao, one of them, you know, they have been really, really good. Uh, 
if you look at the midfield, I thought Luka Modric was 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 really really magnificent. You know, Tony Kroos put up a masterclass in that game against Inter Milan. I thought he was really good. And again, that goal that he scored against Inter, you know, it was. It was top class, you know, with that left foot of his. It's not even his strongest foot, and he scores from outside of the box with such precision. Uh, it's 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 really really fantastic. You look at the performance of Luka Modric in this game, and he. I mean, again, on one hand, you see guys who are actually taking the the ship out once they're 33, 34, and they don't think that they can play. But on the other hand, you've got someone like a Luka Modric who does not seem that he's uh, a a person who is actually built very well physically, but he he's been so good. He's he's really been that good. I mean, he's played so many games, and not just now. I mean, he's played actually almost every single game since uh, since the lockdown has uh, has has been reopened. Uh, that was the back end of the season of last season, and uh, and it was the entire last season he played. Almost every single game, he actually was the guy who scored the the final goal of Real Madrid's campaign. That was against Villarreal, and again, he's he's putting up a masterclass. I mean, at 36 years of age, putting up a masterclass against a team like Atletico Madrid, who are going to just bite you off physically, drain you off physically by running ragged around. I mean, it it takes a lot of de- determination and dedication for someone like a th- someone who is 36 years of age. I mean. It's it's really it's it's really incredible that we're actually talking about Luka Modric even at this day and age putting up such a performance in uh, in in a game like this. But again, I I, I would I'm not really uh, afraid to say this that he was actually allowed to show this uh, this performance and uh, from Atletico Madrid. And there's where I got I've got the problem. You know, last season when I saw Atletico Madrid, I thought. That for once they, they would be a very good side because with Suarez, you know, you you can't actually play this long ball technique. You can't actually play this, uh, this 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 philosophy of yours, which is to sit back and defend and then you know be be depressed by the by a counter attack and score a goal and sit back and defend. That was actually a game plan. But last season they played really open, attractive football. Not that. Not that much, on not to that extent, but they did play open, attractive football, and for some, for sometimes, for some phases of last season, we saw a Thomas Lemar being very good. We saw Jao Felix being really, really good uh, at the start of last season. We saw Marcus Llorente being very good. We saw Angel Correa being really good. So all these players, they really came into the, they came into their own. But but the one thing that really struck me that as soon as they went back in the season, they brought in Suarez. They they've got someone like a Matthias Cunha who can be a really good option to actually put some pressure off Luis Suarez. So they've they've got those options, but they haven't been using them wisely, should I say? You know, it's it's not something that. Diego Simeone has done very nicely. You know, I I thought that they should be taking an, an a step forward from that sort of move that they have attained. But Diego Simeone is trying to actually he's trying to go back to his philosophy. You know, he did actually falter at the end playing open, attractive style of football, and they just got over the line against Real Madrid, uh, with Real Madrid on the final day of the season against Osasuna, if I'm correct. Uh, but again, you know, you, you you can't be hanging your hat on 
on on a game like this. You know, it it again. I really think that this team could play really well. You know, a front three of João Felix, Luis Suarez, and uh, and, Atle- and Antoine Griezmann. It it really looks watering. It really looks mouth watering. If you look at a midfield of, say, Coque, Rodrigo de Paul, and Marcos Llorente, it it looks really really good. If 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 you take a real damn look at it, it it looks really good on paper with a back four where you have Savage and Jimenez and Trippier on that right-hand side and Hermosha on that left-hand side. Again, you have to find a fair place for Carrasco. But again, I really think this team looks really good on paper and can play very good brand of football. But the thing is that the players have... I really think, you know, the players don't want to play the way the way Diego Simeone sets them to play. But the thing is that they know that this style of play has really got them success that it's the only thing that that has got them success not not just now not just two years before they arrived but it it has been getting them success since that guy has arrived and as a professional player if i assumed myself in their boots i wouldn't care if i had to go on a war with diego Simeone because i know that he's going to win the war i i don't care if i have to I I I have to play opposite to what my strength strengths show me. I, I I wouldn't mind, but I know that he's going to win me those games. It's like it's like doing doing something wrong, but you know that you're going to get through this phase. But you know it is wrong that you know it. But say for instance, you're trying to cope it. Uh, you you're trying to actually cheat on an exam. You know that that is wrong, but you know eventually somehow it will get you through that. It will get you through that phase of life. And that's what Diego Simeone is. He's trying to make things very harder. But that those are things that have made them successful over the years. You know that is wrong. But that has something which is... Which which has been very, very efficient for you in the years gone by. And that's just... And <coughs> that, that is something which is really bugging me, actually. You know, with, the, with that sort of players that you've got on your disposal, you play that sort of football. I mean, again, it's, it's not really my cup of tea to actually point it out, but, you know, everyone knows that it's wrong. You know, you look at the way they played. They, they had six players in the box. Six players in the box who were not really defending. One defending really nicely for that goal against Benzema. It was really bad. Poor defending when they were just running at their goalkeeper. Benzema takes a step back. And again, it's a very difficult skill to execute, mind you. You know, you, you can't do it on a regular footballing field. You know, you can't actually expect a lot of players to actually execute what Benzema did on that day. But it was a very good assist from Vinicius. It was on a very reasonable height and Benzema did leather that. I mean, he just placed it. It looked like he's just placing it, but he leathered that in doing so. And he... Uh, I, and again, you no, know, it is it it is very, very... Uh, Good to see that Carlo Ancelotti is believing in what he thinks is the best as well. And it is actually proving to be the point here. Because one thing that Carlo Ancelotti was asked, I think it was two weeks ago, that you're not giving rest to your players who are very important. For example, Kroos, Modric uh, and Benzema, who are well above uh, the 30-year-old, the 30 mark. And uh, uh, he's, he's had a very important thing there, that is that... These players play until they have to play. And once they can't play, we will have players replace them. 
But once we get out of this phase, which is going to be very important for us, they can have a rest. You know, if you look at Real Madrid and if they get a reasonable 15, say 15 point lead in La Liga around um, around January, you know, they, they can rest those players. I mean, you have got really good options to play around. You can obviously have uh, uh, Alaba or Militao resting for one of the odd games. You can play always play Nacho as your as your centre back. You know you have got uh, Camavinga and Fede Valverde, who are not particularly bad options. If you want to rest Benzema, you've always now got the option of Luka Jovic because he he's shown that he's he he can be a guy who can be trusted. And that's what I really like about this team. You know, you have got guys who can be trusted. And again, you know, uh, the best player at Real Madrid is not always... I mean, I'm sorry, the player who's always sitting on the bench at Real Madrid is not always a bad player. I mean, you look at Takefusa Kubo, who's doing so very well at, uh, at Mallorca. You look at Martin Odegaard from your past experiences and how well he did at Real Sociedad in that one season. He, he, he was so, so good. You look at Marcus Llorente, who was so good for, uh, who has been so good for Atletico Madrid. You look at Ashraf Hakimi, who's been so good at various other clubs, you know. So th th there are very good, actually, explanations to what you can do, what, what, what Carlo Ancelotti is doing at this moment. But as for Atletico Madrid, I'm, I'm really, really sorry. You look at that second goal and you look at Jan Oblak just nodding his head. It, it really shows that he is actually not, he is fed up with it. I mean, he is really fed up with what's happening there. I mean, he's not actually been a saint himself this season. I mean, he's really been the opposite of what I expect of him every single season, and that is consistency, uh, nonetheless, from Jan Oblak. I mean, that that's his benchmark for me, because he's always been that guy who saves the, the boat, you know. He's the perfect guy for Diego Simeone. He's going to save every single shot at goal. And that's what he did last season. That's the main reason why they won La Liga last season. He saved like a gazillion amount of shots. And uh, this season, he's, he's kind of really been underwhelming for me. You know, for, for my liking, I mean, I think the bar is very, very high for Jan Oblak. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just being a bit too, bit too more... I'm, I'm, I'm kind of expecting a lot more from him, you know. Let's just put it that way. So... I, I, I might be I might be a bit wrong, but I, I guess it is the way that Atletico Madrid play. You know, you look at Angel Correa, who said after the Porto game, you know, uh, we don't want to play like this. We would like to be a little less in a fight every single time we enter the field. But you know what? We're Atletico Madrid. We like to do this. No, I'm not sorry we like to do this, but we have to do this to win games. That, that is our identity. And that's one thing that I really uh, uh, bug about it. I, I, I've talked about it with Barcelona as well. And there's no clear thing as identity. You know, you need to play in a way that gets you results. And the identity of Barcelona is getting them nowhere. You know, getting them draws against Osasuna of all people. I mean, again, Osasuna, not a bad team. They're playing really well this season. But, you know, Barcelona are expected to win against Osasuna. As the same way, Atletico Madrid are expected to win against Mallorca and against Porto. They did win against Porto, but that was fluke. I mean, you can actually say that that was fluke. They play this game nine out of, nine out of ten times, I guess, it was Porto who win it. And one time, it could be Atletico Madrid. Or I'm going a bit too wild myself. But that is the re that, that is a very big reason for it. I, I'm I'm really sorry, but you know, 
it, it is what it is, you know, for Atletico Madrid. Uh, but again, you if you talk about Real Madrid, there are very good positives in this game. I guess Luka Modric, Toni Kroos and Casemiro, I mean, I, we don't need to actually talk about them. Luka Jovic has been a real positive for Real Madrid, if you ask me. Uh, and again, you have to talk about Vinicius Jr. I mean, this podcast cannot end without talking about Vinicius Jr. and how good he has been. I really think that Vinicius Junior has been the best player in Spain at the moment. I mean, he's at the moment the best player in Spain because uh, Karim Benzema has been out for a week. Then, I mean, that's one reason to classify him. But again, he, there is no one who's at the level of Vinicius Junior at this point in time. I mean, no one. He he is actually one of those guys who does keep the metal of being a poster boy of La Liga. I mean, you don't actually have a poster boy in La Liga at the moment. I mean, the biggest personality that is around the pitch in La Liga is, I guess, Antoine Griezmann on a certain extent. And then you've got Karim Benzema. I mean, Griezmann is actually a bit famous, if I'm right. But I guess Benzema as well. But I, the, the, these two are the only poster boys in La Liga. I mean, I can't actually think of anyone from Barcelona. I mean, there is no one from Barcelona, to be honest, uh, as you can look at it. But again, I, I really think that Vinicius Junior has got a very high ceiling. And th- this is one thing that I wanted to thank Carlo Ancelotti for. Because every, every time last season, which when I thought Vinicius Junior was playing... I, I knew that he would make things happen. I knew he would actually terrorise defences because of his dribbling skills, because of his speed, because of his, uh, um, because of his foot movement and the position in, in which he plays. But the thing was that the final product, the final pass, the finish wasn't up to the mark. And that is what something has changed with, uh, with Vinicius, with the way he's trying to play right now. He's been more clinical. He's taking a part... He, he's... He's laying off an assist where he needs to lay off an assist. He's scoring a goal where he needs to score a goal. Or should I say he's taking a shot where he should be taking a shot, not the other way around. And he is actually being a bit more responsible for for what is happening around the pitch. And I've, I've really enjoyed watching him. One thing that I've enjoyed a lot from Real Madrid this season is the partnership of Alaba and Militao. I mean, Alaba has been one of like the father figures around in this in, in, in this starting eleven. Whenever they have played Alaba, you see every time David Alaba, every time there's a clearance, every time there's a header won by Militao or Casemiro or for Lomondi or for that matter Danny Carvajal, they, they, they're always the first man to give high fives. I mean, you see that with some of the basketball players. You see that with some of the, uh, some of the players which played rugby. That's the American soccer or something that they call it. Uh, they, they, they have that tendency, you know, go out to every single guy and give the high fives, give them uh, the sort of self-belief that they could actually achieve better. And that's what I think experience brings to your club. He's, he's been at a club where he has won everything and now he's come up to a very different challenge. Maybe he'll win everything this year. Who knows? But I'm really enjoying watching Real Madrid. I'm really enjoying watching Real Madrid. So before winding up, uh, we will actually be taking a look at how things stand in La Liga at the moment. It is very, very curious uh, in the points table because Real Madrid have opened up a eight-point deficit uh, between the first and the second places. Sevilla sit second at this moment in La Liga with 34 points. Played a game less, of course, uh, as compared to Real Madrid. And Real Betis at the moment sit third with 33 points again played a game more than Sevilla Atletico Madrid again have played a game less than Real Madrid and they sit 
on fourth with 29 points of 16 games. Real Sociedad seem to have run their magic off because they are fifth with 29 points. Rayo Vallecano, I really like watching Rayo Vallecano and they have been really good. Uh, they are sixth with 27 points played from 16. Barcelona, by the way, are, tw- are on eighth with 24 points uh, after their after their draw, disappointing draw, should I say, against Osasuna at the start at the Sada Stadium in uh, in in Osasuna, uh, it 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 will be very very difficult now for Barcelona to get into the top four because the gap is really increasing. You know, it is five points now between them and Atletico Madrid. Uh, although you know they have played a game less than Valencia, Real Sociedad, and. Rayo Cano, who are on 5th, 6th and 7th respectively. So, you know, it is going to be a very interesting race in La Liga this season. Uh, if you look at the bottom half of the table, Levante, you know, they have... They, they played a really, really, really good game at the, at the weekend, you know. It, it ended in a 4-3 result. It was away in Barcelona at... Uh, uh, it was away... Uh, away in Barcelona against uh, Espanyol. Uh, Espanyol won that game by four goals to three, but, you know, Levante have actually uh, been very disappointing. They've got, they're on a winless streak of 25 games. Uh, ironical that this uh, streak was going, did end actually with a game which was quite memorable. I mean, that is very, very ironical, uh, if you ask me. Hentafe are on uh, 12 points and Cadiz are on 13 points. All three have played 17 games. Uh, on 17th, it is Alaves and uh, Elche are on 16th with Granada on uh, 16th with the 15th position named after them. So it's going to be very tight for that one. But again, it's just what it's a, it's a matter of win for Cadiz. Of, of that matter, Gret Getafe, you know, that could really spice things up. And it is just a matter of case where Granada, Elche or Alaves screw one of their games uh, coming up in this one or two weeks. So I really think Real Madrid have wrapped this around. You know, Sevilla, are they going to get very close to Real Madrid? I mean, it's... If, if you look at it, they win the game in hand. They move on to 37 points and it's five points difference between them and Real Madrid. I mean, it's very, very harsh to say that they won't be competing for the title, but I really want them to compete. You know, it would be really, really interesting for La Liga. But they are not. You know, Betis, are they going to compete for it? Uh, I hope so, but they, they, won't, they won't be, you know. Again, Betis, you know, the games they have lost is uh, are, were against Atletico. They, they have lost to Real Madrid. They have lost to, I guess, they have lost to Sevilla. No, they lost to, yeah, they've lost to Sevilla, uh, Atletico... And uh, and and they have lost to Villarreal, if I'm right, you know. Uh, so those are the games they have lost. I mean, it it, it is not really a really a matter of case that Betis Bet, Bet are someone who are really beating the guys who they have to beat. You know, Manuel Pellegrini has really brought a, a sense of calmness to that club. Uh, you know, some one like experienced as Manuel Pellegrini will actually be that good for you. You know, they have really good players around in that squad. You know, Guido Rodriguez has been one of my favourite players who plays for them. You know, Sergio Canales, one of the brightest footballers, I think, is around in Spain, along with uh, people like 
on people like Nabil Fakir, who's really found consistency. He's a bit scratchy, he's a bit erratic uh, at point at at some point in time. But you know, Manuel Pellegrini has really developed him to become one of the best players in Spain. Not one of the best players. I mean, just be scratching it for that one. But actually, one good footballer to say the least. So the Champions League draw was uh, made official yesterday, and. Uh, there were two draws, actually. The first one declared as void because of some technical difficulties. I mean, everyone knows what happened at that point in time between the technical difficulties. Uh, it wasn't particularly technical difficulties, but it was... I mean, they, they actually blamed the software for it. Uh, for me, it was a human error. I mean, two errors happened. You know, they had a Manchester United's ball in that same pot when Villarreal's draw was announced. I mean, Manchester Villarreal, Manchester United, Villarreal in the very same group in the... Uh, in, in, in the group stage Champions League uh, then we had that big misunderstanding between Atletico Madrid's uh, name which was announced and then where uh, Manchester United weren't actually being uh, brought into the pot you know it was certainly going up like you know it was uh, fixed up to become this Messi versus Ronaldo clash in the round of 16 Paris Saint-Germain against Man City Man United I mean I would have I would have been really really uh, thrilled to watch that game but well we have got some very good games ourselves for ourselves uh, in the Champions League nonetheless and uh, we have all the eight games so far we will be I will take a look at all the eight games at first uh, we've got Sporting Lisbon against Man City we've got Paris Saint-Germain against Real Madrid which is going to be I think the marquee clash uh, Salzburg against Bayern Munich Inter against Liverpool Chelsea against Leo, Villarreal against Juventus, Benfica against Ajax and Atletico Madrid against Manchester United. Again, a very interesting tie, by the way, but uh, we will be taking a look at every single tie. We start with Sporting against Man City and uh, it will be a a return for all those uh, uh, guys from Benfica, whether it's Edison or Ruben Diaz or João Cancelo or uh, Bernardo Silva, back to ben, back to Lisbon, uh, playing against uh, their the city rival Sporting Lisbon. The first leg will be taking place on the 15th of February. By the way, I'm going in the order in which the games are scheduled to take place. Um, the first game is, of course, of Sporting against Man City uh, in 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 Lisbon. So. Uh, it is the Estadio José Alvalade, you know, in in Lisbon. So that will be the stadium there. Man City were already drawn to Villarreal, but again, it's a very easy draw as compared to Villarreal. They're gonna go away in Portugal. Again, um, I really like Sporting. I really like Sporting. I I, I can see uh, they kind of being an upset here. I mean, can Sporting create a Monaco? I mean, they have got the players to do it. You know, they've got really good players around in sporting you know you've got that very good defense on the other hand you've got players like Joao Palinha who can really make a curious case for an upset there uh, you've got Pedro Goncalves who's one of the bright bright young prospects in Portugal you know you have got the pieces there it's just a matter of time until they fit together I mean they, they, they can fit together I mean they do fit together but can they really gel up to play Man City uh, the first leg is at is in Lisbon, and if Man City win that or even draw that game, it's all over until they come at the Etihad. I mean, they will play them out of the park in Etihad. I, 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 I think Sporting, Sporting are very likely to score a goal in each of those games. 
and I, I'm I'm really being confident on that. I mean, I've I've covered a lot of Sporting Lisbon this season. Uh, I've I've seen a lot of their games, and I'm very very sure that they are going to score in each of those games. But are they out? Are they going to outscore Man City? And again, a big uh, factor in this Champions League fixtures this this time around is going to be that there are no away goals. I mean, that is a really, really big issue. If you look at though the past fixture where Monaco went, uh, when Monaco ran ragged against Man City, it was because of the away goal rule that it was won by Monaco. It was, I think, it was six six. Uh, if I'm right, it was 5-2 in the first leg and was it 5-3 in the first leg and 3-1 in the second leg, if I'm right, in Monaco. So that was a result. But I, I see this can be a very irritating result. My mind says Man City wins this game, but I see an upset in my heart. I I really want to see an upset. You know, I might be a Cristiano Ronaldo fan, so you can actually uh, relate with this uh, with with this relation of relationship of me actually thinking of uh, eliminating man city in my head so for for my heart i would i would say you know sporting go through against man city just but for my head i'm, I'm really sorry i see man city got through the second game is between paris saint-germain and real madrid I mean, there is something to be worried about this game. This is going to be really, really salty if you're a Paris Saint-Germain. Again, it's going to be very salty if you're killing Mbappe because, well, if uh, in your dreams, if you would have thought of signing a pre-contract with Real Madrid, well, it's not going to happen now. Well, it's not going to happen if you beat Real Madrid. In the Bernabeu, I mean, it's going to create a lot of nuisance now if you're killing Mbappe. You're coming into the final year of his contract. I mean, he would have been really thrilled to actually play Manchester United. I mean, Real Madrid is a very tough opposition than Manchester United at this point in time. But if I'm killing Mbappe, I'm, I'm really worried watching this game, watching this tie go through. I mean, how am I going to actually sign a pre-agreement with, with, with Real Madrid? I mean, it's just it's just really going to tense things up. And moreover, you know, we've got so many ex-Real Madrid players playing for Paris Saint-Germain. You look at Sergio Ramos, who's going to get a very, very big reception here at the Bernabeu from the, for the second leg. You look at guys uh, like Angel Di Maria, who's already won a Champions League. You look uh, at, at Real Madrid, of course. Uh, you look at Keylor Navas. You look at Ashraf Hakimi. Keylor Navas, by the way, is... Uh, is one of the guys who's been, who was well respected at at the Bernabeu. Uh, he will be back for the second leg in Madrid. He's always he's already been back for uh, for Paris Saint Germain at Real Madrid, so it won't be much new to him. But this is a knockout game, so the stakes are high. The magnitude of seriousness will be really over the roofs. But you know, it's going to be very very interesting. If you look at Paris Saint-Germain's performances this season. If you look at the game which happened in the weekend against Monaco, you know, it, I, I really felt sorry for Sidibe for that first goal that he conceded. I mean, if you, if you talk about the timeline of this game, I thought that Diop should have scored that first goal. He hit the post. I think that was unlucky. And then you see Sidibe tripping off, uh, uh, just just catching uh, Angel Di Maria in, in that follow-through. And I think that was, again... Uh, a factor of uh, of 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 being unlucky. I mean, I I really thought that he was unlucky there, you know. And again, you look at 
uh, you look at that second goal where Fofana makes a total meal of it and uh, and and Messi just lays that ball very calmly to uh, Kylian Mbappe who scores his second goal of the night and again it's it's really really hard to say that Paris Saint-Germain uh, will be going through because on paper I really think that PSG are favorites but the thing is that it is a team sport and when you think that PSG when when you see how PSG plays on paper I mean it's it it is a very very it's a simply outstanding team if you play this entire team on FIFA. I mean, Nuno Mendes and Ashraf Hakimi as your fullbacks. You have Ramos and Marquinhos as your defenders. You have Verratti. You have got uh, Gini Vinaldo, and you pick any one of those Paredes, Herreras, and Gays of the world. Uh, and then you've got Messi, Neymar, Neymar, and Mbappe up top. I mean, it is certainly fantasy football stuff. But it's it's real world. It does not work like that. I mean, moreover, to actually add to that fact, uh, Neymar's sister's birthday is around that sort of uh, period. So he will be off as well. But he's uh, kind of injured right now. So we, we won't know when he will be fit to actually return to that pitch. Uh, uh, I hope it's very soon. I actually, you, you can actually make out that he is going to miss that game. Um, that first leg in the Parc de Prince, so we don't know. But all, all the nuisance again starts in that second leg. He, I mean, again, you, we don't know what's going to happen by then. But it's 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 around February. It's fifteenth uh, February, so that's a lot of time. You know, two months from now, um, we we won't know what's going to happen again. You know, it is it, it is very tricky to actually predict something right now. But it is going to be very interesting. I can tell you that. It's going to be really, really interesting to see this tie fold off. Real Madrid, I think if they could have wrapped the league around the end of January or even at the start of February, they can give their players who are actually expected to start in, in, in this uh, first leg in Paris. I mean, they could give them a 10-day rest and then start them in Paris. I mean, that looks really... It, it lo- really looks very, very good. I mean... Again, I, I would say that I again on paper PSG are favourites, but you look at the performances on the field of PSG, and it really does not fill you with the same sort of confidence. Even if you are a diehard PSG fan, you know in your head that Real Madrid is a very tough opposition to play. I mean, you would have actually not wanted any of the two English clubs. You wouldn't have wanted Bayern Munich, but you wouldn't have also wanted Real Madrid. And I would say that PSG get knocked out of the round of 16 and Real Madrid go through. In the third game, it is Salzburg against Bayern Munich. Yeah, it's kind of the Hitler derby. I mean, Hitler's an Austrian. Um, made more of a name of himself in Germany, uh, in Bavaria, in Berlin, and all those places. And it is going to be one of those games where I think Bayern Munich will again roll through this team, roll through another opposition. I mean, they had a... Very light draw even in uh, the last season where they were drawn against uh, Lazio. Again, no disrespect to Lazio and don't, no dis- disrespect to Salzburg. But again, it's not on the same. It's not in the same stratosphere as uh, as Bayern Munich. So again, you know why I'm picking uh, Bayern Munich. But again, it's a very interesting uh, time for all these kids from Salzburg to, to, to show what they are made of. I mean, it, it's, it's a really interesting team. If you ask me, you know, they have very, very good players around there. You know, Adiemi, Okafor, 
Uh, he's he's really really good, should I say? You know, Luka Sucic, he, the Croatian international, he's really uh, impressed me a lot. You know, Brendan Aronson, who played in that uh, in 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 the game against Sevilla, the U.S. international, was really really good. So uh, in this uh, in in this game, we will, might see some surprises. I think Salzburg might score one or two goals, uh, but again, you know, but it's it's really hard to actually bet against uh, Bayern Munich so you know Bayern all the way through uh, the again you know uh, I mean Bayern can take this uh, very very I mean they can take it very very lightly and can be a victim of their own uh, of, of their own disease I mean it could be uh, possible to put it that way but again I think Bayern are very strong for it uh, another game which we'll see in that same day it will be on the 17th uh, 16th by the way uh, it is Inter against Liverpool Inter I mean they've been doing really well in Serie I should say that and uh, I did not actually think that Inter will make it to the top four at the start of the season but they're, they're doing really well against uh, under Simone Inzaghi I mean they have got really one of the best defences uh, of this uh, of, 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 of this continent around you know uh, one of the most tallest defenses of all time, if you might, uh, if you might add to that fact, you know, in Bastoni, De Vrij, and Skriniar, they're very, very good defenders. By the way, all three have their own qualities, and they played really well together. You know, those three in tandem, they are very, very good. And in a way, I think they're playing really well that they played last season. They, they, they had a purpose, a plan last season, but now they seem to have a motive to go about every single game with a different plan. They go out with a different sort of mentality i mean again there is a there is again that fact that nicolo barella wouldn't be playing that first leg because of his red card in the uh, in in the sixth game of the champions league but again uh, you have to play liverpool i mean liverpool even they get a draw at san siro which i think they would i i, be, I believe liverpool will win both those games but even if they get a draw at san siro i mean they take them to Anfield, and I, I just think that Anfield is, I feel Anfield is a very is a frontier that is very it's 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 like a fort which is very hard to break down. Perhaps a team like Inter Milan can do it on a given day, but you know I really think it is very biased actually for me to actually think that Liverpool won't win it. I really think Liverpool should go through from this tie. So the next week we'll uh, have Chelsea against Lille. Uh, I'm I'm really not looking forward to this tie. I mean, it's it's one of those where you think that Chelsea are going to win it again. No, but you know Lille have got their own uh, players. They can play really well on their given day. Uh, some of the players that I really like to see uh, from from Lille actually, I really like to see are uh, Benjamin Andre, uh, Sven Botman, who's not playing that much this season. You know. Uh, I would like to see uh, the likes of Burakiumas go against Thiago Silva, two players well into their mid thirties. Uh, I would like to see Renato Sanchez play against Chelsea because I think he's he's got a he's got a very high ceiling and he's showed this season, or not just this season but even the season before that. He he's a really good player. I mean, Jonathan David actually is it's a really big platform for him to actually go and go out and perform. I mean, it it really can make the difference if you are a Ch- if you're a Leo fan. It it could be really the game where you could actually show out the world that what are you made up of. I mean, if if I can actually term it rightly, you know, 
that is something that I would be looking for if I'm a lean supporter. As for Chelsea, I think they should be more worried about the league at the moment because they are not doing themselves any good. They shouldn't have won that game against Leeds United at the weekend. They shouldn't have won that game against Watford, but they kind of compensated it for that game against West Ham. They were kind of not really good against Zenit as well, but again, what should I say? But they they aren't playing really well. You know, Lukaku coming in, he's just sitting on the bench. I really don't actually uh, get the dynamics of, of how they're actually trying to play. But again, it would be very, very interesting to see them, how they pan out, how they plan their future around at this point in time. Because I think they will give the Champions League a very fair shot, but I don't know how far they, they can go. Uh, the next game is Villarreal against Juventus. And for me, well, it is a very interesting tie, if you ask me. Really, really interesting to see Villarreal against Juventus. And I'm going to make a bold prediction. One of those teams which will go through from this tie is going to make through to the semi-finals. I'm really looking forward to this one because it is a team, especially Juventus. I mean, you know that Juventus aren't doing really well in the... In Serie A this season. But in deep down inside your mind. You know that you don't want to play Juventus. Say for example. You you are Man City or Liverpool. Say for example I'm Chelsea. And if I win against Lille. I don't want to play Juventus. I really don't want to play. I mean teams which would like to play Juventus. Are the, are the likes of Ajax. Uh, the likes of Bayern. Uh, the likes of... Uh, uh, the, the the likes of Sporting, they would like to play Liverpool. If I'm Real Madrid, uh, I'm to play Juventus by that, well, for that matter of fact. If I'm Real Madrid, I won't like to play Juventus. If I'm PSG, I won't like to play Juventus. Because it's it's a very dirty narrative that if you get Juventus, you, you're going to get a very dirty game at this point in time from Max Legri. You know, you look at guys who are playing right now with Juventus. They, they, they kind of like that dirty game. You know, Locatelli, Bentancur... They will also get back Danilo from his injury until that point in time. So it looks a very, very, very healthy prospect to actually lay claim on. Uh, but again, you know, they will be very, very concentrating to uh, get back into the top four. It's not a million miles away from them now. They also have got uh, teams like Fiorentina for company at the moment. So who knows what's uh, in store for Juventus uh, in the near future, but... I'm I'm really looking forward to this tie. I mean, Villarreal Juventus. For now, I'm, I'm I don't know where it is going to end up, but for now, I'm going Juventus because Villarreal again. Let's be honest, they're very very bad in the league at this point in time. It's just it's just ridiculous for me to actually bet against Juventus in a tie where it's Villarreal Juventus. I mean, I'm I'm always going to pick Juventus. Uh, the next game is Benfica against Ajax. It looks like it's all written all over it, doesn't it? I mean, it, it really looks like it. I mean, Benfica have their own uh, players around. They're very experienced players in Benfica. I mean, you look at Jaremczyk, you look at likes of João Mario, you look at the likes of Nicolas Otamendi and uh, Jan Vertonghen, all those guys. You know, Verissimo is a very, very talented player. I really like him. Uh, Vlako Dimos, really good goalkeeper. Um, by the way, I would like to actually mention uh, Nicolas Otamendi uh, before we have any discussions about it. Uh, so a very sad story for him there because, uh, well, his wife and his sons were actually uh, being held hostage by four, four ridiculous scoundrels. I don't know what they are made up of. Uh, they actually assaulted him and his wife. They, 
they actually put up a belt around the neck of Nicolas Otamendi, you know, which is kind of a raging thing, you know, they stole his watches, uh, the money, I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very bad to actually see this happen, I mean, listen to what's happened there, they, they were actually assaulted in their house, and that was on, I, it, it was on Sunday, it, it's, re it's really difficult to actually think of it, you know, it was so bad, I mean, actually, Talking about it just get me real, real guilt about this whole in the entire world. I mean, part of it might just be resulting in that game which happened uh, the last weekend, not this weekend, but the last weekend uh, between Benfica and Sporting, where Benfica were beaten three-one by Sporting Lisbon. But I, th I don't think that should be actually a a reason to do so. You know, great strength to. To, to Otamendi and his family. I really think that... I really hope that they pull through. Um, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous to actually... Be actually mentioning this. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have mentioned this, but... You know... It, 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 is, it is... It's really bad, you know. I really feel sorry for the family. Uh, but looking forward to this game, I, I really think it's... I actually written all over it. I, I won't say that they're... Uh, they... They are... They, uh, Underdogs by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, by the way, uh, Ajax have had a really good start to the season as well. They, by the way, they did lose to AZ Alkmaar in the Eredivisie uh, this weekend. So you know that's something that Benfica might want to look into. But you know, there is some prize money written to it. I don't see Benfica advancing past the quarterfinals. I mean, they can beat Ajax. I mean, it's not really implausible. Uh, to to beat Ajax, uh, but again, you know, it's going to be very very difficult for for Benfica to do so. I'm I'm really going through with uh, with with Ajax on this one. So the final game which we have to talk about is between Atletico Club de Madrid and Manchester United. Now, one thing that you might know that Atletico Madrid aren't on the team that you want to play in Champions League. I mean, you might get any other team in, in in your wildest dreams. You you won't be happy actually to play Atletico Madrid, and I and I would say that and it is for a fact, Atletico Madrid are a dreadful team to play against when it comes to the Champions League. They make life difficult for you. They suffocate you and they kill you and they choke you to death. That's how they play a game of football in the Champions League. I mean, it's 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 really be like that. I mean, it's it's not really rosy when you play Atletico Madrid. I mean, you have to really expect this kind of uh, this this kind of a game while you, while you're playing Atletico Madrid. Manchester United it's quite a little bit very contrast between these two teams. Atletico Madrid playing all those low block kind of a really rugged, sluggish play, and Manchester United and the Ralph Ragnick going past every single thing, pressing the life out of teams. It's going to be really, really set up for an Atletico Madrid win, this one. As as much as I want Manchester United to advance with Ronaldo in it. You know, Robert, Ronaldo obviously has been the boogeyman for Atletico Madrid over the years. You look at the uh, final penalty, I mean, that was nothing to actually be worried about. But the the goal that was scored by Chicharito back in 2015, it was assisted by Cristiano. The winning penalty after Juan Fran missed it. In 2016, again Cristiano at the at the door knocking. Uh, then you have uh, the game in 2017 where the guy scores a hat trick. 
in the first leg in the Bernabeu. And then you've got another game in uh, in, in Torino where Juventus play Atletico Madrid after that. Uh, just sure of I've won five Champions League and Atleti have got zero. And then he just pulls out a miracle and uh, gets Juventus through to the uh, quarterfinals uh, of that Champions League season, you know, by scoring a hat-trick all by himself. Uh, I mean, it's just ridiculous what that guy can do. But again, it, it looks really simple to me. I know Atletico Madrid, you don't want to play them. You really don't want to play them. I, I, I really think that Atletico Madrid get a win in that first leg at the Metropolitano. And then the second leg is just so, so dreadful if you're a Manchester United fan. I mean, the first leg, if United do get a draw or a win, a win would actually mean that they're going to go through. But if they get a draw, it really sets up a very good tie at Old Trafford. If they lose that game, I mean, if it, even if it's just 1-0 to Atletico Madrid in that first leg, it is going to be mighty, mighty it's it's going to be mighty impossible for 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 Manchester United. I'm 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 really not joking about this. When you play Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, it's a really difficult thing to do. I mean, it's not particularly out of the realms of possibility that Manchester United don't win it, but it's going to be really really depressing if you are Man if you if you're Manchester United. I mean, you look at it, and if you see. Atletico Madrid as your opponents. I mean, it's really, really, it's it's really irritating if you're a Manchester United fan. So that's all from me for today. Be sure to check into my other podcasts at well as well. The link is in my uh, in in my uh, Instagram account. It is weeklypod.ott on Instagram. You can also catch me on Twitter. It's weeklypod underscore ott and be actually very sure that you do recommend my podcast to your friends who actually are interested in football. If you think that my podcast is really that good, I mean, it would be really, it would really do a world of good to me to actually have your help like that because I'm not getting the response that I once used to get from this podcast. So I would be really looking forward to it. But again, you know, it's not really an obligation for anyone. But if you could, please do it. I'm, I'm actually thinking for thinking to uh, extend this by doing a YouTube channel as well, but it's a very distant thought at the moment. Uh, but for the time being, I might just continue with podcasting and see where it takes me. But for the time being, it's just... Uh, it's goodbyes from me. It's your host, Mayuresh Matka. Thank you very much. Toodles.